I'm ready. Let's do it. Welcome, everyone, to episode 216 of the Mars Attacks podcast. I'm your host, Victor. I have to apologize if you listened to episode 215 with Sonia Nubis from Crypta and from Cobra Spell. I mentioned that I would be uh, releasing this episode roughly a day or two later. Mm, shit happens. <laughs> Life happens. Um, sorry, uh, things didn't turn out the way that I intended. So I'm technically recording this, uh, four days later. Uh, I, again, sorry, but, uh, there are again, 200 other episodes that you can listen to. If you haven't listened to all of them already, if you have, thank you. I appreciate your support uh, all of these years. Speaking of support, I do want to thank the patrons, Mike Jones, Steve Hoker, who will be on an upcoming episode. We did a, a Signals from Mars live stream last Friday, so you'll be hearing the podcast format of that shortly. Uh, also, uh, Jeremy Weltman, Brad Dahl from Yarg Metal, Mark Striegel from Talking Metal, and the Metal Dentist. Mr. Gabriel Ruiz I want to thank all of you guys for your support on Patreon. If you want to become a patron, it's easy. Patreon.com forward slash Mars attacks podcast. I uh, also want to draw your attention to Mars with all of the links to the social media, the uh, YouTube site where you can check out the video versions of these great discussions that I'm having on Friday nights as part of the Signals from Mars live stream. Uh, this Friday, we have Sky and um, Matt from <laughs> Sumo Psycho. I wanted to call him Jeff for some reason. I was like, no, that's not right. Anyway, um, yeah, so we have them scheduled. And if you want to take part in the discussion, join us. You can do so on um, Twitter, not Twitter, <laughs> Periscope, Twitch, Facebook, and YouTube. Again, go to MarsAttacksRadio.com and you'll find all of the great links to those platforms where you can join us. Uh, Facebook is kind of funky in the sense that you have to approve um, some certain guidelines or so that we can see your um, your picture and uh, you can, you know, we know who you are on Facebook, basically. It's what I'm trying to, to get across. Anyway, I tend to post a link at the beginning of the uh, live stream. The live streams take place. The normal Friday night one is 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, and 11 p.m. in the UK. For those of you in Europe, it is midnight Friday going into Saturday. And you can join in in the chat and just, sure, they, they will be able to see questions that you guys 
throw up there. And there are certain things that I will ask them along the way that I see that people are posting. So if you want to get involved, please do so. You're more than welcome to do so. Uh, also working out another possible live stream to um, that may take place this week. Again, follow on social media to see uh, when that stuff will be occurring. So uh, it's been cool doing these live streams and um, not only because of the interaction from people, but um, just kind of the live without a net feeling there where, you know, anything can, can basically happen. Uh, I hope you guys are enjoying the episodes and um, it was cool to find out that uh, last week, this podcast was ranked 88th overall in the U.S. Uh, when it comes to music podcasts. That's awesome. That's something that I honestly haven't been really paying attention to until recently. And, you know, I've said this before. Uh, I've been ranked higher or whatnot. I'm not famous at all. I think there are people that kind of know who I am. There are some people that know who I am and I'm good with that. Um, do I get jealous or frustrated when other people that started after me, um, get, you know, big gigs or whatever. Of course <laughs> that, that does bug me. Um, it bugs me to the extent of, you know, where you think, well, why not me? Um, but it is what it is. And and as a result, I do want to congratulate Josh Toomey, who will be doing a show for NotFest, which is really, really cool. There's of course, when I first when I first found out about it, I was again, it was like, well, you know, I've been doing this for eleven years. I've never had that kind of a call. Then again, um I Again, I'm very happy for Josh because uh, he does a great job at what he does. Um, there's, I mean, there's, there's no taking anything away from him at all. Um, it's cool that I kind of know him and I interact with him from time to time uh, behind the scenes. And I think it's, again, I think it's wonderful that he's there. Hopefully now that he's on NotFest, he doesn't feel that he's one of the, uh, or let me see, let me see how to put this correctly. Uh, I've invited him to come on the show without even knowing that this was going to happen. Um, he's been part of the classic album series and part of the stuff that hasn't been released specifically. And um, there's a, a story where he reached out to someone, a, a, na a name commodity and he was told, uh, oh, I only talk to the big dogs. So I wonder if this qualifies him as one of the big dogs now. Uh, I hope that if anyone pulled that kind of dickish move with him in the past, now won't do so. And at the same time, I hope that I don't get that kind of treatment when I go back to him and say, hey, you ready to to come on the show? I, I hope I don't get uh you know um no i only speak to the big dogs so but whatever again congrats to him and 
like I've said a bunch of times, I see podcasting as a brotherhood. Um, some of the people that I'm going to have on the show again, Sky and Matt from Sumo Psycho. He's had Sky on a few times. Um, there are other people from other bands that he talks to, which is cool that a lot of the other shows and people that I talk to, they don't interview these people because they're kind of stuck in different um, niches or whatever. And that's cool. You know, look, if you're going to do a podcast, you got to do what you want to do. There's, there's no mistaking that. So uh, anyway, today's episode, Chris Aiken of the classic metal show, Matt Hartnett of the classic metal show podcast network together. They are part of aftershocks TV aftershocks podcast. And it is my great pleasure to speak to them. Uh, Chris is someone that I wanted to have on this show. Once I started, um, doing the live streams, I spoke to him a bunch for that classic uh, album series. And it, I never came out. I discuss it during this episode. Um, I look up to Chris for so many different things. I don't know what he's done in pod podcasting, excuse me, but what he's done with his own businesses and, and whatnot. And he's helped me along the way with certain questions that I've had about launching my stuff, which I have recently. Um, just a small plug there. If you're looking for anything, you know, for anything web design related, BMRIT is where you can find what I'm doing. Uh, regardless of that, um, this is just a great conversation. It's what I keep saying. I don't care how big or how small the guests are. I just want to have cool conversations with people about music, about different things. And there are so many things that we align with when it comes to discussing new artists, helping promote bands that maybe aren't talked about in other circles, because unfortunately we have a lot of people that are stuck in, Hey, there's no good music that's come out after 1989. I, I saw a recent interview or excuse me. I saw a recent post by somebody saying, Oh, all for the most part, all new music sucks. It's like, well, not for nothing, but then I'm sorry that you're not searching out quality music that's out there. There is a lot of good music out there. And I feel sorry for people that don't find something that speaks to them. That's new. Again, does it have to be the greatest album of all time? No, but it doesn't mean that you can't enjoy this stuff. You know, there, there are great new bands that are out there. There are established bands that are putting out great new music as well. So this is among the other things that we're going to talk about during this episode, as well as what the CMSPN is all about and the upcoming relaunch of Heavy Metal TV. This is a great discussion. I hope you enjoy it. And I thank you once again for either listening to this podcast or joining us uh, during one of the live streams. Uh, anytime that you can support, whether it's via Patreon, uh, spreading the word on social media, 
or just listening to the episodes, regardless of what you're able to do, I appreciate your support. And on that note, I will stop my blabbering here and we will get on with the interview. Um, upcoming interviews will be with Tommy Clufetis of Ozzy, Black Sabbath fame. And once again, with the patron Steve Hoker, a great supporter of mine over the years. And that is it. Thank you. See ya. Everyone to the the matinee edition, I guess, or I don't know how you call it, the, the late edition of the uh, Signals from Mars uh, live stream late show for me, midnight on my end of the world. Um, I welcome tonight from the CMSPN, uh, Mr. Chris Aiken and Mr. Matt Hartnett. How are you guys? What's up, man? What's going on, Victor? How you doing? I'm doing well. I'm Excited to have you guys on here. Um, as I was talking to Chris off air, I had a list of people that I wanted to talk to when I started doing the live stream consistently. And Chris was one of them. And when he reached out to me, kind of beat me to the punch and said, uh, hey, uh, I want to talk about everything that I have going on. And oh, by the way, I'm going to bring Matt along. So I'm like, great, let's do this. So um so yeah, so real quickly, we have Jeremy in the UK in the chat. We also have Jose up in Connecticut. Hello, guys. Thanks for joining me once again on your Friday night. Um, real quick, I've got some questions that I've had like accumulated uh, over the years uh, of just different things that I wanted to throw at Chris real quickly. Um, so I have something right here was shipped from the U.S., Oh, there we go. This is your cause and effect turbo book. Right. Um, I suck at reading, but I've read this. I've read the Metallica and I've listened to the um, Motley Crue audio book. Okay. Um, so while watching the show Billions, which I'm a fan of, they started talking about how if someone could be a traveling Wilbury or not. And automatically it jumped into my head. I'm like, holy shit, that's kind of like. Can something be a cause and effect album or not? <laughs> you know, it just instantly jumped out at me. So I was thinking, you know, what albums could I think of to say, hey, could this be a cause and effect album? Um, Matt, instantly, is there anything off the top of your head, something that stands out like a, like a sore thumb that you think could possibly be a cause and effect book? Cause on the top of my head, you know, that's something I'd have to think about. You know what I mean? That's... Uh... Top of my head. Too uh, easy. Too easy. <laughs> too easy. Too easy. Megadeth Risk. Oh, wow. Yeah. Van Halen right. 3. Van okay. Halen 3. Van Halen 3. That's true. Okay. Back in uh, Shadow Life. Uh, oh, yeah. Tales to Fragile. There's all kinds of them that you can write about. <laughs> <laughs> Could you do more than one book from some of the, uh, from some of the culprits that you've already written about? Mm. I, you know what I you maybe but you know the the thing with um with the cause and effect at least the uh, 
the general theme that I've had when I've written those books has all been, it has to be an album that changed something significantly with the band. So like either with the, with the band or with the musical landscape in general. So like the black album, which is the Metallica book that changed Mm -hmm. how rock radio was programmed completely. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, it changed that. It obviously split the the Metallica fan base right in half. Oh yeah. So, so that one fit there. Um, Judas Priest Turbo. There's so many people that are like, that's just bullshit. I'll never listen to Judas Priest again (laughs) because of that record. And then there's the, and then there's the other people are like, this is when they hit their stride. This is when they, you know, (laughs) there's those people for that. So it split their fan base pretty, pretty thoroughly there. And then the Motley one, obviously without Vince Neil, there's half the people say, including myself say greatest album that says Motley Crue on the cover. The Mm -hmm. other half say, this isn't even a Motley Crue record. They should have called it Arrow Crue or something. You know, (laughs) it's, it has to be something that splits. I mean, Mm-hmm. Megadeth Risk, I think, is a big one because, and, and actually, I'm halfway through writing that one. Oh, but, wow. But um, Megadeth Risk, that, I, I can remember doing radio when Risk came out and sitting around a round table with, with a bunch of people for a, a, it was a Capitol Records round table discussion. And, uh, and people were just like, I'm never listening to this band again. They started selling out on cryptic writings and now this, and you know, and it's like, yeah. whoa, you take it easy. It's not, not <laughs> the end of the world, but it's not a good record right. either. So, you know, and, and a, something like shadow life from Dokken. I mean, Don won't even acknowledge that record. He, right. won't, he won't talk about those songs. He didn't let them put the Dokken logo on the cover. Right. You know, I mean, it's, it's pure shit in his eyes and pretty much everybody else's, I guess, but yeah. You know, you know, but yeah, there's, there's lots of them that are yeah, out anthra- there. I guess Anthrax is another good one, you know, yeah, with, I mean, with you- the, the Bush and, and uh, Belladonna, you know, each, mm-hmm. you know, then they did that tour together. Right. So mm-hmm. yeah. That's well, that tour never happened actually. They wanted to make well, they it wanted to do it again. I mean, they wanted to do it. Excuse me. Yeah. Yeah. They wanted to do it. Um, but that, yeah, that would be, I think another one. Um, God, you know, uh, if you go through any band that's had a bunch of records, you'll find one, you know, oh, yeah. Yeah. you know, I, I mean, you can even go outside of metal. You could go to like U2 and whatever the album was that had like sure. the fly song or whatever on it. That was like all techno, the, the lemon, whatever that lemon album was. I don't well, remember what it was called, but <laughs> yeah, the fly was Octum baby, but the lemon was Zuropa. Zuropa. They, they were released like back to back. So yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I get what you're saying. Um, funny thing is, you brought up Metallica. This is something that I talk to uh, Mark Striegel often. We talk about how back in the day, bands like uh, Sabbath hardly got any airplay, Maiden got no airplay, but I think the Black Album is that album that kind of kicked open the door for you know you to hear two Iron Maiden songs. You got to hear a little bit more of Kiss. You got to hear more Mm -hmm. Sabbath than just Paranoid once a day. And even Priest. Priest had maybe two or three radio hits, but then after that, they started, you know, to play them more frequently than, like, post 10 o'clock at night, you know? Mm -hmm. Sure. No, you're absolutely right. It's 
it's always, you know, there's the Metallica is one of those bands that just doesn't make sense. I mean, they're of all the bands in the eighties, if you would have said, yeah, that's the one that's going to be the biggest one in the world. That would, you might as well have said in 1990, when you heard butchered at birth from cannibal or eating back to life for cannibal corpse, that's going to be the biggest band in the world. You know, right. it, it's that kind of impossible, but Metallica found a way, you know, it's, yeah. it's amazing. Make it amazing. Yeah. yeah I mean, Victor, you remember, um, you know, you, I know you, you know, grew up on the East coast or you lived there. I know for a while, um, yeah. at least, do you remember the station Q104.3 when it first started? It was great. It was right. it was fucking great. awesome. Right. It was mm-hmm. the first station that, you know, you'd hear Seven Dust all the time. You'd hear, you know, a lot of the oh, first stuff. Godsmack oh, yeah. album. You would hear a lot of really good stuff. And then I remember they announced that Eddie Trunk was coming to the station so I was a big Eddie Trunk fan at the time. I was listening to Eddie Trunk since I was 12 at a New Jersey station called WDHA. And I was like, wow, this is huge. Eddie's got another gig in New York after, you know, WNEW going through all the shit that they did after the Opie and Anthony debacle. Um, and I turn it on. And the day that he premieres on Q104, they switched to classic rock. Right. And it was it, it was such a great uh, station. It had all super types. Of, I mean, Prague and bands like that. They'd play hardcore. They play all this different stuff that you hear on yep. regular radio. But you're right. And one day it was like out of nowhere, I turned it on. and It's classic rock. It was just like, what the fuck happened, man? Yeah. But yeah, it, it was. That's where I think Metallica really helped, you know, with the Black Album, because that was around, I think, 93 ish. Uh, when that, that station um, t- uh, started out, Q1043. Yeah, um, sometime yeah. in the like mid 90s, at the end like, of the I think early it was 93. Days, yeah. I think it was around 93 is when it started. But yeah. Yeah, after like a year, they did that. Maybe they weren't getting the advertising that they wanted, so they went right back to classic rock like everything else. But that was for that one year, that was just a spectacular station. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. think talking about Metallica, just you know, saying that, I think that album, that black album, uh, really, I think opened that up for where the masses were, were ready to hear some some heavy stuff that you know heavier stuff that they weren't used to hearing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. When I first moved moved over to Europe and internet radio started up, um, it was funny. I said to my wife, I said, "Hey, this this is really cool. I can revisit stations from back home and and whatnot." I'm like, "Well, let's try something out. Let me see how long I can go without hearing Enter Sandman on the radio." <laughs> first station I put on was already playing it. I flipped through like 12 stations. Nine of 12 were playing Enter Sandman. Jeez, wow. <laughs> so yeah. the, the, the album is huge beyond belief. I mean, yeah, it influenced so many things, but, you know, there, there are some songs off of there that I absolutely love that I still play all the time, but there are others that I just can't touch mm-hmm. anymore. I'll mm-hmm. listen to them once a year and it's like, okay, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm the same way. It's, you know, anything that was a hit, I just don't want to hear. I don't want to hear Sandman. Mm-hmm. I don't want to hear The Unforgiven. I don't want to hear yeah. you know, any of those. But give me, like, Of Wolf and Man and um, right. God Failed and stuff like that. I'm like, all right, still good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. A- yeah absolutely. Um, this is actually, I think, the first time, Chris, where you're actually on the show. Because we did a lot of things for my that what ended up being the what would have been like the third season of my classic album series. Right, right, right. Um, I recorded a bunch of stuff with you. I recorded with Neely, with Bob Nalbandian. 
John Bush and all these other people. I was on, I was, I was putting some cool shit together. And then all of a sudden I, I got to the good old uh, PR and label stumbling block where absolutely nobody wanted to have their artists touch any of the stuff that I was talking about. And I was like, dude, these are, this is a way for you to promote these bands, you know, mm-hmm. get them, you know, cross promote with, you know, if we're talking about an overkill album, bands that love overkill or excuse me, fans that love overkill. If you have a thrash band, this is a great way to promote them. Oh, no, we just want them to talk about their album. Like mm-hmm. seriously, you know, yeah. so I went through that crap for like a year and I was like, what's the point? And then people started dying. Lemmy died. Uh, Chris Cornell died. And I was like, is any of this stuff relevant anymore? Because nobody's talking about it during what I did. So, um, first of all, I have to apologize to you for that never coming out. Cause you spent a, a bunch of time with me on that. Um, but I mean, I don't know. That's a back burner thing that it, it, it's really like a huge monkey on my back. You know, should I release it? Should I not release it? But, uh, mm-hmm. It's it's cool to finally have you here. And um, my subsequent subsequent question to that, mm-hmm. after all of these years with the CMS, do you run into any things like that where you get turned down or where people prefer you not talk to any specific artist? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I, I mean, we, our reputation leads you know, for us a lot too, maybe too many times. And, and it's specifically me, you know, it's not nearly as much as it is me, but I, I will ask hard questions. I do not care if people are upset. Um, right. And, and I've been turned down by more than a few Matt and I have been turned down because, oh, yeah? yeah, because people don't want to, they don't want me to ask of something that is, um, you know, that is too endangering to their, to their, well-crafted reputation, but I'm not going to change what I do. You know, I'm going to do, you know, we, we ask hard questions and, and, you know, honestly, that's, that's one of the, one of the true joys that that I've had anyway. And I'm sure Matt probably agrees with me. He can, he can tell you himself here in a second, but um, one of the things, the reasons that Aftershocks TV became a thing was just because, we both were starting to feel a little bit boxed in, you know, huh. with the kind of stuff we could talk about, you know, right. No offense to CMS. I obviously love the show and it's obviously my, you know, mine and Neely's show. Uh-huh. That being said, how many times am I going to interview Jeff Tate? How many times am I going to interview <laughs> Don Dockton? How many times am I right. going to talk to Stephen Piercy? You know, right. and again, don't have any, any issues with those guys, but I've pretty much asked them all there is to ask. And right. It is so refreshing to be able to go out there and like we interviewed fucking Steve Lukather yesterday. Steve right, Lukather, I, that. I mean, that's, that's yeah. like top of the food chain guy. And, right. and, you know, and I love being able to do that. I love being able to talk to, you know, death metal bands now that we could mm-hmm. never do on CMS or Don Barnes from 38 Special or, right. you know, Jesse Wagner, who's a backup singer for Kid Rock. You know, I, I, I love being able to have this total autonomy to do whatever it is that mm-hmm. I want to do. And for the first time in years, I am totally re-energized about music. I'm excited to do interviews. I'm, 
I'm pumped to talk to different people. I'm pumped to talk to new bands again. It's really right. been exciting. And, you know, and surprisingly, to answer your question, there hasn't been as much pushback as I thought there would be. I thought starting a new show, people would just push on me and um, say, yeah, no, this doesn't work or you're too tough or it's too metal. And, you know, I, I mean, a, a quick example, I, I'm, I just confirmed today an interview with the Go-Go's. Oh, okay, and it, cool. And it's like, yeah, that's so, but the first question I was asked when I threw the, they threw me the album and I threw the thing, hey, is there any interviews was, what, what the hell? Why, why would the Go-Go's do a metal show? And right. I had to kind of explain to them and send them links and stuff. But then once they saw that, that it was like, okay, cool. You know, that, that'll be good. And it's, that's exciting to me, you know, yeah. to, to me personally, it's as exciting to talk to Belinda Carlisle as it is to talk to Rob Barrett from Cannibal Corpse. It just, yeah. it, mm-hmm. it plays to my musical nerddom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You've always been big on talking about that. I mean, in your books, you talk about how you're into journey and a lot of different things. And even if people follow you on social media, when you're warming up for the show, you're listing a lot of songs that you're singing to. And Mm -hmm. a lot of it has nothing to do with the type of stuff that you talk about on the show. So, I mean, I, I hear exactly what you're saying, you know, just having that Liberty and that freedom to talk to whoever you want is, is just absolutely cool. It's great. And, and having Matt by my side to do it with, it takes so much pressure off me. You know, I don't have to, you know, with, when Neely and I would do stuff that did not fit, mm-hmm. you know, Neely, Neely is good for throwing in a story that, that maybe the artist can relate to, mm-hmm. but it left me doing, having to do a lot of heavy lifting on a lot of bands right. that really wouldn't know about. Mm-hmm. Matt's as big of a musical dork as I am. And, <laughs> and, and, you know, it's, it's great that we can interview somebody really out, out you know, out in left field. And I don't have to have 20 things ready to talk about. I can have four or five and he has four or five. And between the two of us, we find a way to do, you know, 30, 40, 50 minutes of, of really, really strong, deeper, deeper dive content, which is, you know, is exciting to me. Right. I I got to see the interview that the two of you did with, um, now his name escapes me. Uh, he said his real name was Daniel, the singer of Ra. Um, Oh, uh, uh, take it. Yeah. Yeah, which was which was funny. It was um, I don't want to give it away because I think it, it was on the uh, subscribe star. So you, I mean, I don't want to give too much away, but he brought up the fact that a famous uh, actor from Hollywood just kept calling him Daniel, and I I got to see that whole interview, and I thought it was cool. You know, it, just the way that he talked about um, just his the way that he works, not only within the band but with other people. Again, I don't want to give anything away but i thought it was no, it's okay it's, yeah, it's, it's released yeah, it's released. released oh it was released okay I, I wasn't sure okay um so i i thought it was cool to hear you know both sides and hearing the the two of you really um you know asking him coming at him from different angles and asking him pertinent things that really helped you know kind of open him up and and really you know give a lot of information to the people in this case me uh watching the interview so it was uh, pretty cool. I, I had no idea he was from New York. So that was uh, kind of neat. Um, you're from New York then, Matt? Yes. Yeah, I grew up in New York. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there was one time that I had 
commented on something, I think on Instagram, yeah. and it was relating to WNEW in New York. Yep. And and I was like, wait a second. How how is Chris hearing any W in, you know, California or, or Ohio or wherever you were at the yeah. time? I'm, I'm like, wait a second. And then it dawned on me like, oh, this had to have been Matt. So, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's um, it's you know, it's always cool to, you know, get different ingredients and different flavors in there to, again, not only with, you know, the interviews, but just being able to cover everything that you guys are doing now. Yeah. No, I mean, and we have, and that's what's kind of good. You know, I, I'm a little, uh, I'm 45. So like, you know, Chris is a little bit older than me, but you know, Chris is, he, we think about Chris is, I mean, it doesn't matter. He knows, you know, everything about everything. I mean, modern stuff, classic stuff. He's got it. You know, I mean, he's just a, like I said, a music, a music, uh, encyclopedia, you know, mm-hmm. um, and um, yeah, no, and it's great. And that's what, you know, obviously, as you know, you know, I um, do the skull sessions too with Bob Nalbandi, you know, Bob was right. gracious enough to to bring me aboard uh, to team up with him. And obviously, you know, through the skull sessions is how I, you know, uh, came in contact with Chris. Mm-hmm. Um, and like Chris alluded to before, you know, um, yeah, you know, and, and with skull sessions, you know, it's mostly the classic metal stuff they fo- focus on, right. which I love. I, I guess I'm really honored to be part of, you know, doing all those uh, episodes with Bob and everything. Um, and, and on skull sessions, you know, Bob was also real nice enough to to give me a, a platform sometimes to to do different interviews on skull sessions, like we did, mm-hmm. um, you know, Paris Mew from the Crow Mags. We did another right. one with with Howie Abrams and Michael Gibbons from Leeway. Some of the, the New York, you know, hardcore stuff we yeah. did. Um, and, but, but at the same time, you know, like I said, I'm like, Chris, I mean, I like everything, you know, all over the place. And plus the thing about skull sessions is I, you know, I, when we have those discussions with a lot of those, you know, classic, uh, artists and journalists and everybody, you know, I, 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 was, I, I know the bands, I listen to music, I love it, but I didn't grow up in that time period. So I didn't get to right. see those bands and watch them play live. So a lot of times when we'd have discussions, I always felt sometimes like, man, I don't have that much to really contribute to some of those podcasts, you know? <laughs> so right. it was kind of like, so because of that, you know, when Chris would heard some of the skull sessions I did and we would, you know, go back and forth and, and you know, text and whatever. And we, we both realized, wow, we have a lot in common with our musical taste. You know, we love right. anything from, like you said, from hardcore to death metal and, and you know, bands like Toto and stuff like Steve Lukert that we did yesterday. So mm-hmm. we had that common bond. So that's what really that's where Aftershocks came from was just because we wanted to do, you know, so much more like Chris was saying um, outside of the other podcasts, uh, this, you know, classic metal show and skull sessions. And so. uh that's how this, you know, uh, started out. And, um, yeah, it, it is great. Cause yeah, we just both have such a wide variety of taste and we can all sort of fill under one umbrella, you know, umbrella there under for uh, aftershock. So yeah, it's, uh, it's been great, you know, so far this last year. Yeah. I, uh, I love Bob. He, um, he's always been a supporter of everything that I've done, Yeah, he's great. but I'm two years older than you. And then when he starts okay. talking about, you know, snow or he starts talking about, mm-hmm. you know, a bunch of bands from California, I'm like, Bob, I was like five when these bands were around, there was no <laughs> way that I knew who they were, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's great to hear you talk about them, but I, I'm not, I'm not privy to who they are, but, mm-hmm. um, Bob, Bob's great. Bob is oh, awesome. Yeah. And yeah. Um, so, so it's cool that now you guys have put together the CMSPN. Yeah. Uh, fill people in on what the CMSPN is all about. Okay. Well, it's, I, I, I honestly think it, it is a never-ending um, growth <laughs> spider web of things because it's just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. 
it started okay. as just aftershocks, you know, and then, and then we all just had the idea. It was just myself, Neely, Bob and Matt of, well, let's put them all on one stream since we're all, we were all kind right. of cross promoting each other's stuff anyway. You know, I was every time the uh, skull sessions came out, I was throwing it up on CMS socials. Every time we did something with CMS, we were throwing it up on skull sessions socials. And mm-hmm. and then Aftershocks was going on both. So it just made sense to kind of put everything under one umbrella. Right. So we put everything under one umbrella. And then that, you know, then the, the tech in me took over to mm-hmm. where it was like, well, we could add a couple of more shows to this and then we can have shows that come out every day on our, under our one umbrella and we can have more content and we can, mm-hmm. well, then we added talk to me and we added, um, just recently we added pop its corner, which is more death metally. And then that mm-hmm. was kind of by design was we wanted, we cover a lot of stuff. Uh, right. To me covers the, the more modern stuff. Tanner right. now covers most of the death metal and the really extreme stuff. And so we ended up with this network and we all started using video and we, we built it into a, a video slash podcasting network. And then, mm-hmm. and then it was like, well, we got to make it bigger than this. This isn't enough. We got to have music. Somehow. <laughs> so right. Matt had actually been tinkering for, I don't know what, Matt, a year or so, something like that with, with, um, the radio, the radio station, station. Yeah. That, he, that he was paying for and, and getting, you know, four listeners a, a month or whatever. <laughs> yeah, you know, we, just, we didn't really promote it much, you know, it was very, yeah. it was just, it was there to support skull sessions at the time, but yeah. Yeah. Go yeah. It, it just, it just wasn't a promoted thing. Well, then we decided, well, let's make this into something. So we mm-hmm. filled it with music and we put that on, but then it was like, well, that's only one kind of music we need to have other kinds. So I reached out to my friend, Corey Harker over at uncontrolled noise and asked him if he wanted to be on, uh, you know, and then mm-hmm. I reached out to hairball John, who's more into like the hair metal and the eighties metal stuff. And we asked him if he wanted to be on. So before we knew it, then we had CMS radio where we had those three stations covering right. your hair metal, your middle of the road. Sure. Rock and metal. And then the extreme stuff. And then, of course, we always had the CMS 24-7 stream. Mm-hmm. So now all of a sudden we have a radio network of four radio stations. And, mm-hmm. and um, you know, so one of the things that I had done in, in the middle of all this was put an app out there. Just It, it, it was just for a classic metal show, really, at first. Right. But then it was like, well, now we have all these elements. We have all these pieces to the puzzle. Let's put them on the app. So now you have the app that has four different radio stations and, five different shows with, you know, seven to 10 different pieces of content releasing during a week. Right. And then, and then it was like, okay, well, this is cool, but I wish we had our own YouTube type of a deal, something where I could go to it and I could listen to metal and I could listen to these interviews and I could listen to all the new videos and all the classic videos of the metal bands but not have to weed through Tucker Carlson and, um, you know, and the MSNBC horseshit to get to it, you know? Right. And so then I built a YouTube, which we call CMS TV, which is, mm-hmm. um, you know, which is basically exactly like YouTube, except for it's just metal videos and metal, um, metal interviews. So, mm-hmm. so we added that piece to the puzzle 
And again, that wasn't enough for me because I'm, you know, now I'm rolling. So then it was like, well, let me, let me reach out to my old friend, Eric Braverman and see if he'll let me kind of put my tentacles into his heavy metal television, which is out there, but it's been somewhat dormant, you know? And so I talked to Eric and we made an arrangement and, um, he gave me heavy metal television. So we're, we're in the process now of finalizing that building a new server and everything for heavy metal television. So by July 1st, which is the new, the new real start date, we're going to have anything that you would want to have in metal on one website or one app. You can either go website wise to either cmspn.com or the cmsnetwork.com because you can go to either of those two websites or you can just download the app and everything is on the app. If you want the interviews, they're on the app. If you want the videos on demand, they're on the app. If you want the radio stations on the app, and if you want to just watch videos, old school MTV style, but all metal, mm-hmm. all hard rock, all metal, CMS, um, it's, it's on this, the, the app. Just look up Classic Metal Show in your app store and add it, and it's there. So really what we're trying to do is build one hub so that, if you're a fan, no matter what you're a fan of, if you're a fan of Cats and Boots or Cannibal Corpse, you got covered. You know, right. no matter what it is, we've got it all covered, and it's all out there on one one spot. So you're saying that you guys are building the servers. That's something you're going to be hosting locally, or you guys have that it's in some server farm somewhere? It's being built on a um, on a server farm. But okay. it's built. I mean, but but we're owning the physical of it. It's not. Gotcha. It's not going to be totally cloud based. It's 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 a physical server that's right. that that's in a you know that's in a server rack with you mm-hmm. know with T three internet or whatever. I'm not even yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. It's super super fast and and um you know that's literally the last components are being arri- are arriving this week to put this monster together and then cool. And then I get to learn how to program a TV station because I don't have enough to know. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, that, that's the beauty of, uh, uh, of being a web designer or IT person is that you never stop learning. And right. while it's, it's a snowball. So while you're learning one thing, you're like, well, while I'm here, I might as well learn this as well. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I can see exactly what you're saying where you're starting up with one thing and you're just, continuously adding to the to the snowball rolling downhill um i've had a lot of people that i've talked to about um what you're saying that you're going to be doing because i do a a a recap show for for mark striegel and a lot of people have asked me what about rights what about licensing Mm -hmm. are there going to be hurdles with that um is it going to be cost prohibitive to get the rights to some of these videos. What do you have to do behind the scenes to be allowed to play all this stuff? Well, um, as far as all that goes, um, the radio stations, I'll start there. The radio stations are already all, all licensed. So okay. there's no, there's no hurdles there. Those are already licensed through CSAC and sound exchange and BMI and uh-huh. ASCAP and all that stuff. So that piece that, that comes into the, into play without even a thought. Right. TV a little bit different. Um, we are, we are, and Eric, prior to me jumping on board, has been paying CSAC and Sound Exchange and BMI and ASCAP already. 
So mm-hmm. he's he's already paying that. Um, is it cost prohibitive? Uh, I mean, if it was coming out of my pocket directly, yeah, of course it is. <laughs> but but you know we're we're treating this like a business. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm hiring a I'm hiring a um, sales guy. Um, I'm hiring an agency as well to to help with advertising. It is going to be advertised based. It's not going to be. I mean, the, the programming is going to be free, but you're going to have to sit through a minute here or there to, right. to, to pay for this shit. And, mm-hmm. uh, and um, you know, it, it's expensive. Not, not going to tell you any stories. It's, you know, it's right. probably eight, 10 grand a year to, to, do, to deal with the licensing, but we're running it as a business. Like I said, we, we, we're hiring advertising people to do it. We're grabbing some investments here and there to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're, you know, and we hired a PR firm so that, so that it gets enough exposure, so that it gets enough listening hours, so that we can sell it appropriately. Mm-hmm. And, right. um, you know, I mean, that, that's what you have to do these days is you really yeah. have to kind of, you, you can't run it like a fan. And I think that's where mm-hmm. everybody has failed to this point. And, you know, nothing against anybody that has tried any, any one of these things, whether it's an internet radio station or a TV station or a, whatever it is that people have tried, you know, I'm not, I'm not shitting on anybody. If you're trying to promote metal, I'm down with that. Mm-hmm. But you know, what you have to do is you have to approach it as a business. And mm-hmm. if you don't, it'll fail because it's just, they've built the system to fuck the little guy. That's just right. the truth of it. That's, that's why commercial radio has no problems at all playing. Cause they don't have to pay all these licensing nonsense where mm-hmm. we, because, because we're running it through a different medium, all of a sudden we get, we get, you know, jammed up for ridiculous amounts of money and coin and whatever. But, you know, I mean, it's going to hit or it's going to fail. You know, like, I'll, I'll just say the way it is. But if it doesn't, it doesn't. It's not going it, to fail because we didn't have enough effort into it. We didn't have enough mm-hmm. concentration in it. And we didn't put the right pieces in place. So, right. you know. That that's that's what we're gonna do, and um, so far so good. And you know, we're already starting to get a couple of advertisers that are, you know, they're obviously friends, but they they are willing to even as friends right. to put money up, and um, and you know, bravo, we'll get more that way. And people, I, you know, it's it's that whole wait and see game too. It's right. I I could tell anybody and their brother, well, I'm gonna do this and this and that. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be wonderful, and <laughs> yeah. you know, and, and it's gonna make you so much money if you're on it and this and that. But nobody right. believes that. Everybody wants. Everybody's like, oh, you want two hundred dollars? Show me something. Show me how I'm right. gonna make two thousand dollars out of my two hundred. You know, right. and and um, you know, we're we're gonna we're on the three year plan. Lose for three to win at the end. So, right. That's that's where we're at. And I think you know one of the, the 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 just just real quickly is we do have a really great team of, of people that we're all working True. with. I mean, everybody is, you know, it wasn't like we just got anybody. I mean, people were, you know, uh, you know, obviously Chris really organized most of this, and you know, pretty much you know all of it really uh, in terms of getting everybody on board. And um, and it wasn't like it was just anybody. It's the people he's known for a long time. You know, obviously Bob's in there. I mean, we've you know uh, to, to, you know Joshua Toomey he's known for a long time. Eric Braverman. So these are these are people who are really, really like dedicated and on board. And, and I think that's the most important part, too, is, you know, we've got the right people right now in place. And so, like like you said, three year plan and we're crossing our fingers yet that it hits. Yeah. 
And, and, and the, the thing is, is one of the, one of the, one of the great things piggybacking off what Matt was saying is, is yeah, I'm, everybody's pointing at me. Like I'm the, I'm the guy <laughs> and everybody else, like I'm the, I'm the queen spider and everybody else is like my worker. Right. That's so not the case at all. You know, it's really, I, I, I kind of bring everybody together to share ideas and, you know, without getting too, too into it. Like yesterday we had a meeting, we had a meeting amongst the radio team, which uh-huh. you know, is Matt and Hairball John and myself and um, Corey Harker from Uncontrolled Noise. And I don't think I said 10 things in the, in, in the hour that we were on. It was right. more like, okay, guys, here's my three points. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, guys figure out, you guys figure out your thing because that's your thing. You know, I'm... Right. I, I'm involved with everything and I'm certainly aware of everything that's going on, but like any, and again, it's, it's the business model, you know, mm-hmm. a successful CEO of a business doesn't know, doesn't know how many pieces of paper are stacked into the copy machine. Right. He just knows that the mail went out when it was supposed to go and the billing came back in, you know, mm-hmm. that's, and, and that's kind of where I'm at. I'm, I know my place, my place is, to provide my content that I do either with Aftershocks or with CMS and to be the tech. That's mm-hmm. my, that's my place. And Matt's place is to do the content that he does with um, skull sessions or with Aftershocks and to run crash course. You know, he runs crash mm-hmm. course without any input from me, you know, and, um, and the same with, with Toomey. I don't, Im- I don't infringe on his show and I don't infringe on Tanner's show for mm-hmm. pop its corner or, or, you know, anything. We all, we all know each other enough to know what's expected. And we all are working, working on the same team to try and bring what we can, what we all know together. Uh-huh. It, and it's the one failing that I think so many of us, and Victor, I'll put you in that category too. We've all tried to do this by ourselves right. here <laughs> and there. Every one right. of us does, you know, I mean, I tried for years to make the CMS radio thing be a thing. I tried for years to make the CMS be a thing. You tried for years with Ear Peeler and with, uh-huh. um, you know, your various websites that you've done and the shows that you've done. And uh-huh. we've, we've almost all inadvertently competed against each other. Right. Instead of where, where I feel like now I'm not competing anymore. We're uh-huh. not competing. I'm not competing. I've got five shows and four radio stations and a TV station, all with the same focus, all with the same purpose of bringing something that the media loves to tell you is dead, bringing Uh it right back to the forefront saying, Hey, fuck you. We're still alive and ready to go. Right. And it's so far so good. Yeah. Yeah, And Matt was bringing up, you know, everyone that's involved. Um, I've had this discussion with different people over the last few weeks. Once everything gets back to normal, how many of the people that have started podcasting or started live streaming mm-hmm. are going to be gone? Whereas yep, exactly. the, the names that you brought up, I mean, are people that have been doing this for how many years? Mm-hmm, exactly. You know, yep. um, there's a certain amount of dedication there and, you know, a love of the art, a love of hard rock, a love of metal, regardless what genre or subgenre or whatever. Um, 
or in your case, you're bringing up the Go-Go's before, just the love of music overall, you know, mm-hmm. there's, there's so many things we've, you know, I've had my uh, co-host of one of my shows bring up Clubhouse. He's really big on Clubhouse. And I remember I was telling him, I'm like, this is great now, but where's this going to be six, eight months, a year from now when mm-hmm. everyone can actually socialize again in person? It's, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. There's Fireside now that I guess Mark Cuban has gotten behind. And there's so many things, but at the end of the day, I'm not sure that, you know, people are going to stick around to try all these different mediums. And again, what I'm getting at is you're building a team with people that want to continue within the podcasting platform. It just, it isn't a phase. It isn't, well, I'm going to do this for now, or I'm forced to do this for now until I can get back out on the road or so on and so forth. So I think it's smart to, to build things that way. And, and to your point, you know, we've all, you know, been there where it's like, oh, we have an interview with Udo. Shit, there's 45 other interviews with Udo this week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, well, why are people going to listen to mine over that person's? You know, it's it makes sense to, you know, diversify and not have everything sound exactly the same. I've been on other you know, podcasting networks. And that was a big problem where three of three of us, Bob was there as well. Um, three of the eight shows all released interviews with the same people the same week. So even within that, you know, you're, you're trying to get people to listen to your stuff, but at the same time, they're confused. They're like, you know, there's this person's on 80 shows. Mm-hmm. Who should I listen to? So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, yep. and, and the thing, the thing too is, you know, that's why we're trying to bring it all into one hub. Yeah. You know, you know, I, I'm going to be very selfish here. I don't want people to listen to anything else. You know, I want people to listen to my hub. I want, I want my little thing that's on their phone to be what they're, what they're listening to. When right. they're listening to interviews, they come to my hub. When they're listening to music, they come to my hub. You right. know, that that's kind of what I want to do. I want to expand eventually I want to expand and bring in, you know, more friends, friends to the family, you mm-hmm. know, that, that are, have the same drive and the same work. It's just, and, and that'll tell you this. I talk all the time about bringing in different shows in, into, mm-hmm. into the network. The problem is, is I still got to build the infrastructure before I can bring in. One. <laughs> yeah. You right. know, I, I, I mean, in the end, in the end, I really feel like for the first time since I've been doing this, and I've been doing this since, I don't know, the 90s at some point. But, um, you know, I feel like it's, it's the right time and ev- the hunger is there again for it. And yet, and yet it's being misrepresented very badly out there. You know, just like you said, everybody and their brother is doing a podcast. Mm-hmm. And coincidentally 90% of those podcasts do seven listens because nobody, fucking, <laughs> nobody can take them because they're not very good. You know, right. it's just, oh, I have a microphone. Now I'm a podcaster. Yeah. You know? yeah. <clears throat> and it's just, it's just not smart business. You know, we're, we're trying to do something that's actually business smart without mm-hmm. giving up the cool factor of, 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 you know, what metal is supposed to be. We mm-hmm. want it to be attitude driven. We want, you know, and, and we've had Matt and I have had some fun with some artists, you know, 
Matt got into a pissing match with Michael Daybars. You know, <laughs> Daybars, and Michael Daybars smarted off to him, and he jumped right back down his shit, which was, which was hilarious. <laughs> and and you know, we we did another interview. I did an interview with this guy Workings, the the Workings. Right. The, oh yeah, That's the guy hilarious. wanted to be all in costume. He's like a Guar type guy. Yeah. And, yeah. Then, and then I did the full interview in, in that garb in the. I just pretended that he really was a Viking from the 1290s or whatever. Asked him right. all questions about Vikings and, you know, just, just asked him the ridiculous shit that he was giving me back with his ridiculous costume. Right. But it, you know, it, it's that attitude. And yeah. it seems like if you turn it into a business, you lose that attitude. Mm-hmm. And once you lose that attitude in this mm-hmm. medium and metal, you, you, what is it? it You're it's done. Yeah, it's Ethro Tull winning a Grammy. Yeah, you know? yeah. and, and I don't want that. I, I want it to be metal. I'm an attitude guy. I'm always mm-hmm. going to say fuck, no matter how much money I make. You know, <laughs> and, and, and that's just the way, just the way it is. Is that's who I mm-hmm. want to be? But I've also proven that I know how to run businesses. Mm-hmm. You know, and I want to bring that to what is my truest passion. And right. I've got great people letting me do it, you know, whether it's Matt or Bob or Toomey or Tanner or, you know, the, the radio crew or Braverman or whoever. Everybody mm-hmm. is being, everybody's on board with what we're doing. And it's, it's really refreshing to build something without a lot of pushback. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the other thing I was going to say, too, is just a, a piggyback of a Chris is, you know, we talked a lot about, you know, once, you know, I think for a while there, there was, there was a, um, you know, that metal show and and um you know, vh1 classic we're, we're doing a good job sort of filling that void or vacuum for a lot of metal fans you know what i mean it was mm-hmm. like i remember when i i would just put that on the background because i'd hear those old videos and i'd hear you know and i just thought it was great you know there's something there and i think a lot of people love that channel and once that went away too it was just like what now where, where would i mean these days where do you right. go because yeah metal is just not I think it's. I think right now it really is sort of. I don't want to say making a comeback, but it's it's becoming. I think more prevalent again. You know, than it was. I think for a while there, we it was. You know, like I said, since I think that metal show in VH1 Classic left, it was like okay, where do people go once a week at least or something where they can spend mm-hmm. their Saturday night? I mean, other than the classic metal show, of course. Um, <laughs> but uh, but it's just you know, and and the, the greatest thing I think about what we you know with with the CMSPN is, like Chris keeps alluding to, is the hub. You know, it's like it's right. got whether you want the video, whether you want the radio, whether you want, I mean, the comedy. I mean, it's just it's just got it's everything there so that people don't have to keep go searching and find mm-hmm. a little bit here, a little bit here. Because, like I said, people just let's be honest, everyone's lazy. They want everything right there for them. And for, right. you know, for the, I mean, and that's really what what the main I think it, what, what main thing that's missing is they've got to keep searching and people just lazy to search. So I think the one mm-hmm. the greatest thing I think about the CMSPN is. It's there, you know, everything. And who knows? We we might expand it and start doing other things that we haven't really talked about yet. You know, obviously, first things first, we want to, you know, do what we're doing now and get that running. And once that gets running, you know, like I said, we can bring more people into the the family. And, uh, you know, it's and we're really just, you know, like I said, it's we're crossing our fingers. We're hoping this works. But it it is great, though, seeing. I mean, it's not just us. There is a lot of other stuff. You like yourself doing your your stuff. Obviously, Mark, you know, doing he's been doing talking metal for years and. It's mm-hmm. great just to keep, you know, and you mentioned a great thing, too, about these podcasts. Yeah, once everyone starts playing live and they start going out, because think about it, a lot of people are going to the, to the the musician podcast now, whether it's Rob right. Flynn's or Jamie Jostas. 
I mean, once those guys go back on the road, once again, more of a void for people to go, oh, crap, they're not doing anything new. Where can we go get some right. modern, you know, stuff? So um, we're, we're definitely in this for the long haul. And we've, we've had a lot of conversations. And, um, and like I said, everyone who we brought on board, like you said, Victor, are people who aren't just brand new. They don't, they don't, you know, haven't been involved in the business in a long time. I mean, Toomey mm -hmm. was in, um, you know, Primer 55 was a musician. I mean, he's been doing Talk to Me for years now. Tanner Poppet right. has been in his band Madras now for years. So these are people who are just super dedicated. And they, the important thing is they want to be part of a team. And that's really what we're, we're looking for is people who want to be part of a team, not just want to do it for themselves. And, oh, I want to, what am I getting out of this? It's what, what can I put into it? You know, that's what we're, we're focused on, people who have that attitude. Right. The, the yeah. other important thing that I think you're touching upon, you brought up that metal show. Um, mm. Whether, at least for me, if I agreed or not into what Eddie um, evolved into, <clears throat> me, 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 um, <laughs> I think it was important to have something at least there to represent, you know, as you're saying, yeah, I where agree. I think the importance of having like a one-stop shopping hub is that you have a lot of fickle metal fans out there who for as much as metal and rock music in general was built as a rebellious statement against the establishment, against religion, against a lot of things, it's become worse than a religion because now yep. there's 50 million rules as to, well, this isn't metal because the singing is clean. It isn't metal because there's melody. There's, you know, there's so many things. So by having a one-stop shopping hub where everyone can go there you have your pick of well if you don't like what toomey has on mm -hmm. you can go over and check out you know more of the classic stuff you can go over and check out the death metal stuff you can you know so you're keeping people on there that's you know uh something that i guess or no that i'm sure that chris can appreciate when trying to talk to a client about doing a website you make them understand that you don't want people going anywhere else because that's more of a chance that they're taking their business somewhere else. So mm -hmm. by keeping everything in one yep. spot, that means that again, Oh, I'm tired of listening to this channel. Let me see what the other channel has. So mm -hmm. there's still enough from what you're saying to make, to ensure that people keep coming back to ensure that in the long run, you know, anyone who wants to advertise with you guys, anyone that wants to do anything with you guys is going to see, you know, hey, people are hanging out here. People are checking this stuff out. I've gotten X amount of sales thanks to this, you know. So I think that the snowball as you guys are building, it, it seems as if, you know, everything just makes sense. And it's building to a direction that, you know, once it's all said and done, sure, you're saying you're building a monster here. But, um, <laughs> you know, once once this initial stage is done, I, it sounds like there's going to be enough for anyone that's even remotely into this genre to sink their teeth into. That's a plan. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I, I agree. I mean, that's that's the that's 100 percent the goal. And, you know, it's interesting. I was thinking about this the other day and throughout the history of music, just rock music or metal or whatever with every different thing, every different little thing that made up, made up the, the various scenes, there was always a go-to of everything. There was always, right. if you lived in New York, there was a go-to radio station and there was a go-to right. TV show and there was a go-to 
um, you know, uh, music store. You know, mm-hmm. there was all these go-tos. We're in 2021. In 2021, the big thing right now is apps. <laughs> There's no go-to app. Mm-hmm. There right. has not been. There has not been a go-to app. There's been, you know, for, for hard rock, for metal, for music in general, there's a zillion apps and there's a zillion good ones. I mean, I listen to Gimme Metal. I listen to TuneIn. I listen to, you know, um, iHeart sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. Pocket Casts. And I have all these apps on my phone. Mm-hmm. And that, that kind of blows because I got to have all these apps so that right. I could fill my musical need. But I'm good. What what we're trying to do is kind of getting you to uninstall all those apps and just and and trying to have it all here. Here's one app. Here's everything that you can have. And you know, and and is that a lot of work? Sure. But that's why I'm not doing it by myself. That's why we I've got this great team of people so that we, so that everybody can work together. You know, if everybody care if everybody carries their own water, we're gonna we're gonna drown. Drown in a good way. Drown in money, I hope. <laughs> but, you, you know, but yeah, and you know, you mentioned about Eddie, Eddie, and um, that metal show leaving. I said it on the CMS when it got canceled six, mm-hmm. seven years ago, whatever it was. I thought that was a humongous hole. I, right. And you know, I, I don't care if you like Eddie or you don't. Uh, you know, I personally do. You know, and I, I certainly recognize his importance to the scene, even though. He, does, he recognizes it more than I do. You know? <laughs> than anyone, yeah. I, I, I certainly recognize his importance to the scene. And when he left, it left that it, it was almost like the final nail in the coffin for a while. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. you know? and, and, you know, it, it's going to take something like the CMSPN to, to, or the CMS network to come back and open new doors, open open the more modernized door. You know, that's mm-hmm. the one thing I think that we are doing differently is we're not necessarily, we're not discarding the old, but we're mm-hmm. not focusing on the old. I mean, one of the things we haven't talked about even at all here is even with heavy metal television on all this stuff, it's also going to be available on your TVs. I know we didn't mm-hmm. mention that, but, right. but you know, it's being built right now into Roku and into Amazon and, um, and into Apple TV apps. You know, I mean, it's it's literally going to be everywhere. And even the what we have now, and Matt can attest to this, our um, our CMSPN, our CMS Podcast Network app for video does mm-hmm. monstrous numbers. Does uh, for us monstrous numbers. It's doing like um like between ten and fifteen thousand plays a day right. of of our of video. You know, wow. so TV is still a viable yeah. medium. And mm-hmm. it's the one medium that I think a lot of people forget about. And right. you know, it, again, we're, we're trying to build on every platform that's known to man. If they, if, if, if they reincarnate the, the triangle from the office, when they had the, the, the pyramid <laughs> or whatever that thing was, that right. I'll be for the pyramid, you know, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's I, I want it to be on every device that anybody has so that, so that we can hold them and entertain them. You know, in the end, we're all entertainers. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe there's some tech here and some business here and all that, but in the end, we're all entertainers. And mm-hmm. we, we honestly, Matt will attest to this, we honestly believe that we're doing the best content, you know, of, of whatever it is that we're doing. And, right. 
Now it's time to build a platform so that we can share that with as many people want to see it on whatever platform they want to see it on. Mm-hmm. And the other thing which we really want to focus on is, you know, obviously we all grew up in the MTV age, you know, right. and that's how, and that's how we all, a lot of us all learned about new bands and music out there. And, um, you know, that, and that's something I still hear a lot from people, you know, in our generations, you know, they, they, they miss that. They missed like just putting on a TV or what song is that? And then watching a video and see, you know, so that's, you know, the thing about heavy metal television, I think that's really important is we, we don't, we don't just want to, we want to be sort of like tastemaker types where we're going to, we're really trying to push new bands too. I think that's the one thing that's really been missing is, you know, a lot of, um, you know, uh, just any kind of metal medium, whether it's podcasts or radio stations, no one's really co- focusing on the new stuff and what's mm-hmm. new. Cause I mean, we've been, we've been discovering all these great new bands via, you know, aftershocks, this retro rock stuff. I mean, it's these kids that are like 20 years old and they're playing like some of this, you know, ACDC type of style, you know, guns and roses type right. of style, hard rock, um, you know, blues oriented stuff, you know, um, and there's just a, there really is still a lot of I mean bands and younger bands out there. Well, we would we've been like surprised about actually how many there are since we started mm-hmm. doing aftershocks. And but once again, the, these bands have nowhere to go and grow. So mm-hmm. I mean, because because no one wants to give them a chance. Everyone just wants to keep talking about. I mean, I love that I used to love that metal show, but you know the thing about it is they didn't really focus on. I mean, they did a little bit, but some new bands, but mm-hmm. it was really all about classic stuff. You know, we want to really put a big stamp of, uh, you know, of helping the newer bands, because if we, if we want mm-hmm. this metal to keep growing and keep, you know, keep going, it, it, we can't just keep focusing on the old bands. We, we've got to give a, a medium for a lot of these younger bands that really, you know, that need something like that. And that's really one of the real, I think, uh, important things that we're pushing is focus on new music and new bands. That there's so many great, uh, great, and I do mean great, new yeah. bands. Mm-hmm. And and I think people are, are blatantly and grossly misled by the Gene Simmonses of the world that are saying, oh, Rob right. is dead, yep. it's dead, it's dead. And, and even though if you really kind of read what Gene is saying, what he's saying is the rock business is dead. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, but people don't read that. They read the blabbermouth highlighter headline. Right, right. You know, mm-hmm. And they just say, oh, well, it, it's dead. And, and they buy into that stuff. Yet. Matt and I can list 20 bands that we've interviewed in yeah. the last in the last year that are like amazing. And I don't mm-hmm. mean good. I mean there there's bands like the LA Maybe, which horrible band name, but but one of the best <laughs> bands out there today. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of that ACDC GNR hub mm-hmm. combination. And we did um we interviewed a band last week called Duquesne that no one's okay. heard of out of West Virginia. Mm-hmm. And just a straight up dirty rock band and very original and, sound yeah mm-hmm. yeah and and stoner bands like miss lava that are just astoundingly right. good and what was that other band we did matt um early but one of the first ones we did oh which skull which skull which skull yeah from Witch australia skull. great band. any any yeah. band any person mm-hmm. that likes that black sabbath or you know that era, the the like never say die Black Sabbath era, mm-hmm. would love this band Witch Skull. And because they're tucked away in Australia, right. ain't nobody but Matt and Chris that knows about it. <laughs> and you, you know, and, and it's a crime because their album is one of the. It, it was one of my top five last year. You know, mm-hmm. and yeah. and no one knows of them. And 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 that's kind of what we're what we're gearing for. We're definitely, you know, we've been recruiting 
bunch, a bunch of these bands, like 40, 30, 40, 50 of these bands through our, through our PR contacts mm-hmm. that are sending us videos that are going to be mixed into the heavy metal cool. television. And, you know, you're going to get your classic stuff. You're going to get mm-hmm. your rainbow in the dark and you're going to get your, you know, Iron Maiden, you know, run to the hills and stuff sure. like that mixed in. But dude, yeah, I mean, you're old enough to remember the MTV days when Absolutely. you were watching, when you think about what you were, what you were watching on MTV, do you think about the fact that you saw that song that you liked or does every story start when you tell an MTV story? Does it start with, man, I didn't know who these guys were. And then, right. that, then it turned out to be yeah. whoever it turned out to be uh, dangerous toys or metal right. church or who, you know, that's mm-hmm. how every MTV story starts. Nobody is like, you know what I miss? I miss seeing beat it 43 times an hour <laughs> on MTV. No one right. does that. This what show, they yeah. say, mm-hmm. what they say is, man, I discovered a lot of cool bands watching MTV. Yep. That's the and it's grossly missing. You can YouTube does nothing but feed what you know. Mm-hmm. That's just what it is. I mean, it, it feeds what you know and and to the to the point now that even if you play, I don't know, um, if you play Jeff Scott Soto song, if you right. play that within two songs, you're automatically he- hearing the winds of change by Scorpions and the right, right. you know the the no more tears by Ozzy and you know right. YouTube as a as a radio TV thing is horrible at understanding that you got to build the next phase. They just want to fit their, their coffers. Mm-hmm. Same, with, same with every other platform. If you go and run the radio thing on Spotify, it does the same thing. Feeds the same tired round yeah. and round rats mm-hmm. off over and over again. We don't want to do that. We want to go back to the old style. I want to be, I want to be amazed myself when I'm watching heavy metal television mm-hmm. and be like, Hey, what is that? That I'm not watching. Yeah. You know, oh, oh, look at that. It's, um, you know, it's Band X that I've never heard of before. Mm-hmm. Let me look them up now. Let me buy their music. Right. Let me at least give them a stream or something. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's been missing for way too long, and we're going to try to bring some of that back. Yeah, that's that's cool. I'm I'm a big proponent for all that stuff. I mean, that's why I do a new releases post on Mars Attacks every Friday, and then also via my Patreon. I post anywhere from two to six videos a day. And it's yeah. usually from uh, PR stuff that I, that I receive or various websites that I go to. And I try to focus on bands that no one knows just to help awesome. push stuff because, you know, once, once the same old, same old dries up, there needs to be something to take its mm-hmm. place. You know, and and we're at that age where we're seeing, we're going to see a lot of the people that we grew up watching go one way or another. Either they're Mm -hmm. not going to perform anymore or they're just going to die or or whatever. Mm -hmm. So if we don't continue to support bands that do what, you know, the kind of music that we love, it it is going to die. I mean, it's it's just dumb. I, I, I hate having the conversation of, you know, hey, nothing good has ever come out after 89. What are you talking about? There's yeah. been a zillion great albums. There's, right. you know, there were today, 
uh, April 30th, 2021. There were very few new albums that came out today, but there were like five great new albums that came out. The new Gojira dropped today, which was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, if anyone is into like Royal Blood, which is more of a, a rock band, mm-hmm. they just released their new album, which I think is pretty good. And the new Evile is good. The new, um, mm-hmm. there's another band that's leading the, um, uh, new metal revival that uh, that Tumi had on there from Atlanta, Tetrak or something like that. They're called. Oh, which Tetrak, I guess, okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I gotcha. don't know how to pronounce the name, but same deal. There's a lot of cool new stuff that's coming out. And as you're saying, yesterday I'm in the car. I tell you know Siri to play um, uh, Johnny Cash's cover of "Solitary Man" from Neil Diamond. The next song to come on which it automatically picked for me was something like uh, Beer Drinkers and Hellraisers by um, uh, Garth Brooks or something like that. I'm like, right. yeah. I'm picking an obscure cover that Johnny right. Cash did. Why would you pick a mm-hmm. huge radio hit? Why would I listen to this if I'm picking something you know, that most people don't pick? It, it makes mm-hmm. no sense. Um, it it does make sense. It doesn't make sense to your ear. What it makes right. sense to is their dollars, because right. yeah. <laughs> because if it's familiar, then they'll then you'll listen through, which makes the total listening hours that they'll bill back to Universal or right. Sony or whatever makes their numbers higher. That's mm-hmm. that's what they're doing. They know that. Well, they know. <clears throat> well, answer this question: Did you immediately shift it off, or did you just wait for it to end and go to the next song? Fuck no! I I went through like twelve <laughs> songs before I before I was like screw this. All right, <laughs> go to this playlist. I'm done. I'm done waiting for you to play something that I actually want to listen to because song after song was radio hits. After that, I'm like, if yeah. none of these songs are in my playlist, there's a reason for it. It's because and it wasn't even new. They were all old songs that it right. was playing. No, that, that that's exactly right. And you stayed with them because you kept waiting for the one. You right. you paid them. You let them. Well, you let them bill with our bill you an hour off of what was really three minutes of interest. Well, you gave them sixty minutes. Three seconds per skip. I I didn't stay on them that long. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. I, I I get what you're saying, and and to both of your points, as you guys were talking. I just kept thinking, you know, the, the time that music made the biggest jump in revenue had to have been 80s and 90s. Oh, yeah. And yeah, yeah. what was the main focus point until reality TV came along? MTV, yeah. at Bangers Ball, 120 oh. minutes, so on and so forth. It mm-hmm. amazes me listening to you guys talk why the labels have never tried to come together and do anything remotely like this to promote their, to promote what they're doing outside of, Hey, let's just throw up another video on YouTube. You just said it yourself because then they'd have to come together. Yeah. They're not going to do that. They're not going to do They're You know, that involves way too much work and way too much, way, way too much trust, which none of them have with each other in the account. You know, I mean, that that's the difference now is that these guys have all enough time has has passed that all these guys realize that everybody in the whole business is a bunch of fucking shysters and shitheads. Yep. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and so now there's no one left to trust. Mm-hmm. And 
and you know, so how do you how do you account for that? How do you do? How do you say, okay, well, we're the big five labels. We're going to put it all together, and we're going to trust you to do this. You know, to to tell us how much is our piece of the pie versus your piece of the pie. You right. know, they don't look, look at how look at how lame they do it now. They just give it away to Spotify. Mm-hmm. Why would any business give away that much product to a, an outside party? Unless there's, you know, some level of, you know, of skimming going on somewhere. Right, right. You know, mm-hmm. that, that nobody, if you were running a widget company making widgets and all of a sudden somebody was paying you one one thousandth of one penny for an $8 widget, would mm-hmm. you keep doing business with them year after year after yeah. year? Or would you be like, whoa, I'm taking my product out of here until right. I get paid appropriately? Yet, mm-hmm. yet Spotify is what, 10, 12 years old or whatever it is now? Right. How mm-hmm. many labels have you heard that have pulled their artists? Zero. Yeah. <laughs> Zero. And, and, exactly. and if they've done it, it's been two weeks to try to get a little bit mm-hmm. more and then they're right back on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and how many artists, how many artists have you interviewed that have been like, I get nothing. I get nothing from Spotify. I get nothing from YouTube. I get nothing from mm-hmm. Apple. I get, they all say that. So mm-hmm. clearly they're not benefiting. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're the creators of the, of the product are not getting anything. So, you know, it, it's gotta be the money's going somewhere. Every time I open up anything, I keep reading about, well, streaming set a record this year with 10 yeah. billion streams. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then every band I know, is like, well, we did 140 million streams this year. We got a check for $31. You know, it, it, it's like yep. somewhere that money is getting stolen. It's not getting lost. It's mm-hmm. not creative accounting. Yeah. It's not, well, there's this or that or it's this. It's, look, I, again, I'm an IT guy. I know mm-hmm. how this works. You put, a, you put the songs on a space in a cloud. At mm-hmm. most, at most, mm-hmm. Spotify has however many million songs, 40 million songs or whatever, mm-hmm. at most, you're talking about a half million dollars worth of infrastructure at most. And right. that's with servers and rollover and internet and bandwidth and roll, you know, all the different elements to it, half million dollars of infrastructure. So you cannot tell me that when there's, when there's $600 billion of, of money being generated or whatever that number is that, right that half million dollars of infrastructure is somehow eating it all bullshit. Yeah. And, right. and what, and what's, what would the Spotify telling the bands now? Right. Ah, uh, you can't be putting out an album every three, four years. You got to do it. It's got to be every year. Yeah. yeah. Every year. Or, or, you know, so, or just put yeah. out a single every month or whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's what's changed too. Right now bands, it's, it's becoming a singles thing. Now, once mm-hmm. again, they're coming, put out a single, put out a video, release another single, another video, and then eventually you release your record. So mm-hmm. it's, um, yeah, it's, it's just, it's, it's crazy, you know, but once again, though, I mean, like you said though, Victor, I mean, you'd think somebody would have done something by now um, ever since, you know, streaming came along and videos were gone. Um, but, but like you said, because no one's coming together, like Chris said, and I never will. I mean, it just, and, and like, right. you know, it, yeah. So, well, they'll, they'll come together if one conglomerate starts to buy up all the all the labels. Well, yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, that's yeah. the only way. The, the yeah. one thing that I could think of, I know that in the last 
two weeks, I guess it was. Um, in the UK, you have people like uh, Robert Daltrey and um, Jimmy Page and Robert Plant and all these uh, older bands that are banding together to try to get the the uh, parliament in the UK to actually apply some sort of laws upon Spotify and streaming services so that more money does go back to the actual artists. Um, I mean, I don't know if that's something that would plausibly even go through. Um, and even still, once it, imagine that happens, how many people have we been reading about producers and songwriters that have been selling off their catalogs? So a lot of yeah. people have already cashed in mm -hmm. and you read, you know, anytime Nikki Six puts out an album, his first thing is streaming and YouTube and blah, blah, blah. And I'm not getting any money. Right. But you sold your catalog off first to your manager. Then your mm -hmm. manager sold it off to his publishing company. So mm -hmm. if you've already mm -hmm. received a lump sum, how much more do you expect to receive after? So a lot of that too, I think is kind of misinformation and, We've seen over the years, how many times have Peter Frampton been ripped off? How many times did Billy Joel get ripped off? I mean, yeah. <laughs> nobody's in it to yeah. help these guys. You know, no. it's quite the opposite. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, and there's not, I, I'll just, I'll bet, I'll bet you the steak dinner right now. Nothing's going to come out of this. The artists are never going to get more money because the artists signed away their rights back in the exactly. 80s. The artists, right. the artists had no forward thought. The only thought they were like was, holy shit, I'm going to have enough money to buy a big bag of Coke. You know, that, <laughs> that's the only thought that they had when they signed these contracts. And they didn't read them and they didn't, they weren't smart enough to have lawyers like outside of the lawyer that was, hey, here's a lawyer that happens to also be a notary here at the Electra office. They'll right. read and sign this for you. Sure. You know, I mean, that, that's <laughs> what they all did. They all did it this way. They all signed away their rights. That's why right. That's why the, the labels can get away with it now, and Spotify mm -hmm. can get away yep. with it, because they gave away all... I, I, I forget who it was that showed me the, the, the language in, in an 80s contract, but the language in the, in the was that they hold all rights, past, present, and future, to the recorded <laughs> works of, and then a list of the songs, and then the, you know, the all the mechanicals of it and all that stuff. Right. It's all spelled out right in the contract. And I'm sure dumb 20 year old looks at that and goes, okay, this is saying that the label can put out this song and this song and this song. And they just were like, Oh, blindly sign it, signed it away. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. Now that future is now, and now, now everything is streaming and they get nothing. They've mm -hmm. already been paid. But right. unfortunately, the first five million of that pay was to go back for the videos and tours that they did. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, who was it? 30 Honey, again, two weeks ago, released, or no, last week, released a new album. Self-released. Mm -hmm. yep. They flat out, I read an interview where they asked, you know, why didn't you guys put this out on a major label? You guys were getting all of this, you know, generating this big buzz. Why did you self-release it? And they basically said, hey, we released our last EP through a big label. And really, we started to compare the work that they did, uh, what we did, how much we got in return out of it, and realized it just made sense to do it ourselves. Yeah. I, I don't understand why, especially the, the, the established bands, other than, other than pure laziness, 
I don't understand why the established bands don't put it out on their own websites. Right. You know, they can hire a guy like Chris Aiken to build them something very cheap, you know, mm-hmm. very, you know, put all, put all 10, 12 songs, whatever it is on a site for downloading and, um, yeah. and, you know, hire a, hire a merch company to distribute it, you mm-hmm. know, like, like the old CD baby used to do. We send them a right. box of a hundred mm-hmm. and they'll send, yeah. you know, they could do that and sell gobs of them and keep keep nine ten dollars a cd instead of going with you know frontiers or whatever and they get you know twenty thousand dollars to record it and a nickel a disc that they sell or you know it does not make sense but other than other than the fact that then they got to be responsible to themselves right yeah Um, and that and that's that's a big thing i mean look at everything that's happened since the pandemic started. How many bands have actually taken the time to try to promote their brand, to try to do anything to remain relevant, even if it's posting with fans, even if, you know, there are so many different things that bands could have done mm-hmm. to just keep generating interest. And I would say mm-hmm. that there's what, maybe 5% that have done it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah. for the most part, everyone else is, well, once it's all done, no, once it's all done, it may be time to start working at the hardware store because there there isn't going to be anything left. You know, this is a lot of excuses are going to be made within the, you know, concert industry and everything else to, again, apply a new model. Uh, you know, hey, because we don't know when the next pandemic is going to come around, we got to add this additional insurance to the shows and blah, blah, blah. You know, there's going to be everything is going to be tweaked so that it's different than what it was before. So anyone who fell asleep at the wheel during this entire time is not going to be better for it once this is over. Yeah, no, I mean, it's a great point. Like I was, I was, we did an interview uh, with uh, Evile. He was bringing mm-hmm. up before and um, with old Drake. And, and he was saying, yeah. um, you know, same thing. He's like, I just wish it would go back to the way it used to be. It's just like, dude, it's not going it's back not. to the way it <laughs> used to be. And, and that's what it is, is I think there's just still this this thing with these with these artists and these bands and musicians. It's like they think like, uh, you know, it can't be like this forever. It's going to have to eventually go. But it's like, no, I mean, this is the way it is. I mean, you brought up a good point. I mean, they've had now it's been over a year with this pandemic. Mm-hmm. You've had all this time. I mean, I salute the bands that are doing the live stream things. I mean, some of right. them are doing it as some people are. Some guys are doing it, you know, once a month or once every couple of weeks. I mean, this is a great way because everyone now is connected through this, especially for music. There is no out there. Right. So uh, this is where you, I mean, and how hard is it? I mean, you sit in front of your right. computer, you know, you play some, even some, you know, guys are doing like I, Max Cavallari. He's doing his uh, Max tracks and right. he's sitting in his living room and, he, and he's going through, you know, certain songs, Soulfly songs or whatever, uh, showing people how to play the song. He's going through the whole creation of it. I mean, it's a really, I watched it one day. I was like, this is pretty cool. You know, what I mean, they're they're taking it because I mean, music now it's it's a hobby now for the most part. Let's be honest; it's right. not any you cannot rely on it to to you know make a living on it anymore. So you have to sort of treat it like a hobby, and you have but you have to get real deep into it. Like I said, you gotta you you, you gotta bust your ass off. I mean, that's it. Those right. are the bands that, and then musicians that are gonna survive and and continue to thrive are the ones who really have the super passion, not the ones who feel entitled and like, well, I'm a talented right. musician. I shouldn't have to be sitting on in front of my computer once a week. Or I should have to go on these podcasts. You know, that's the way it right. is right now. You know, and, th- and this is your advantage because once things do open up, 
those mm-hmm. those those fans who are sitting there and they saw you, you know, continuously being online, engaging with their fans, those are the ones that are going to go out there and spend their money to see you and buy your shit. Not the ones who sat there and just, oh, we're waiting for the clock to run out, the pandemic to come, you know, to be over, right. to really start taking things seriously again. You know, and I would say it's, it's, you know, it's up to them. And they, a lot of them just don't accept that. They still think it's up to the labels and up to the managers and, the, and the, you know, the PR people. And it's like, no, dude, it's, it's, it's up to you. And, you know, like I said, the, the, the guys who and the gals who were, we're busting our ass. They're going to benefit once, uh, you know, live music opens up. So kudos to them, you know, bottom line. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I to, to, to piggyback on what Victor was saying about the, you know, the, the difference in the live business model. Um, I was talking um, earlier this week with a, with a musician that is in a band. I don't want to say what band because this could really cause some legal shit, but <laughs> I'll just, I'll just say that it, it's a musician that's in a big enough band to where live nation venues are a thing for them. You know, like, like they have to work with live nation or, or they've right. worked live nation in the past. And mm-hmm. I was, he, he was saying that they're getting this tour that's getting ready to, to be announced and whatnot. And, and I was like, well, where are you playing close to me? And he told me where he's playing close to me. And I was like, really? You know? And he was like, yeah, we have to avoid live nation because now they have all these different new rules for touring as far right. as, and, and the, the, the rules are crazy. It's like you only get a 10% guarantee now instead of a 50. And, right. and, and if the venue, if the venue closes, the cancels the show even because of a COVID or, or environmental related issue that you right. have to pay back, not only the 10%, but an additional 10% as a, as a quote, holding fee for your date <laughs> to be rescheduled. And yeah. there's no, there's no, well, we won't reschedule it. It's a mandatory 20% payback off of a 10% guarantee. And right. they're just like, fuck that. You know, that's, yeah. that's crazy. Yeah. So literally a band that sells enough to play a live nation venue in every city in this country you know, is trying to avoid Live Nation. And that that should tell you a lot because, uh, you know, it's not bullshit band that's going to go and play, you know, a 200-seater a stage. Right. It's like a legitimate two, three, four, five thousand 5,000-seat band. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to find ways to get around the current situation because, and it's not very public, of course. Mm-hmm. Because that you know, Live Nation, of course, does not want this information out there. But it's the it, it's it's what bands are literally trying to do these days, and mm-hmm. it's going to be a different it's going to be a different animal on yeah. so many levels. You know, with the yeah. the COVID protections and the insurance and the yeah. you know these kind of guarantees, and and just the fact that there's going to be half as many places to play. And mm-hmm. 15 times as many bands trying to play them. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, it's going to be hard just to get a gig. You're going to yeah. be, you know, you, all three of us know bands that would never play on a Monday or a Tuesday. Mm-hmm. We all know bands that would not play a Monday or Tuesday because it's a dead night for shows. And all those bands better be prepared to be playing a Monday or two. Be, <laughs> exactly. I, I'm, I'm honestly thinking they better be prepared to start playing some Saturday afternoons. Right. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it's not going to surprise me at all if, if your t- two to 500 seat clubs have matinees you know, and stuff. Yeah. Matinee mm-hmm. show at two 
clear everybody out, clean the place, and then have another show at eight. That's already happening. That's Is happening really? wow. here. Yeah. Um, really? The band from Spain, Angela Sepatrida, has played one show in Madrid. And it was exactly like that. They did a 6 p.m. show and an 11 p.m. show. Wow. Wow. And what it came down to was that they weren't permitted to play, if I understand correctly, the government was not allowing them to play back-to-back dates. It had to be on the same day for all the protocol stuff and insurance purposes. So the only way of fitting it in was doing a matinee and wow. a, a late evening show. So back to the back to the fifties where yeah. that was a thing, yeah. you know. Okay. Uh they're they're gonna be playing car dealerships and stuff, you know, there's gonna yeah. be parking lot yeah. shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. and getting back to, to Matt's point, I can't let this get away. You brought up Max Cavalera um mm-hmm. doing the Friday night shows. I know that Chris was probably the first one to log in to see Rob Flynn do a storytellers episode on catharsis. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I have no interest in Rob Flynn and catharsis these days. I never had a th- I never had any interest in catharsis and I certainly Rob right. Flynn these days, boy. Talk about a guy who talk about somebody who really hurt himself with the pandemic by over vocalizing on social media. Holy smokes. Yeah. I, I hate that. That I loved machine head. That's the part that kills me. I mm-hmm. love machine head. And now I can't even listen to it because Flynn is such a fucking asshole on social media. Just right. not stop. It's like, yeah. Oh yeah. Catharsis. Mm-hmm. No, I haven't, I haven't <laughs> ridden high on the triple beam since the week it came out. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the only song you liked off of that if i remember yeah, correctly it was that was the only tune i remotely liked that album is right. a bag of shit Ooh. well it got full demo to leave the band so and and uh dave mclean so it ain't just you chris and when we had phil on the show he didn't want to even yeah. talk about it he, i know he, yeah he, he literally what did he say matt he said something to the effect of i don't even count that one yeah yeah <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I've I've heard him say in interviews that that was more of a Flynn solo album. Solo and, album. Yep. You know, it it was as you guys said the catalyst for him wanting to go. Um, I spoke to someone earlier today. Uh, her name is uh, Sonia Anubis. She plays for Krypta now. Yeah. She was in Burning Witches, mm-hmm. and that's what she talked about. She said, "Hey, flat out, I left this band because they gave me zero input." You know, why would I stay in a band where I've been with them for X amount of years, but because I wasn't an original member, I wasn't allowed to have a voice. So this came along, I jumped ship. And it makes sense. You know, someone like a Phil Demel who's been around for how long? And at this point, reinvented his brand within Machine Head. You know, it isn't, you know, obviously he's much bigger now than he was just from violence. Um, But now he has the leeway to do, you know, the cover stuff that he did with Blitz and with Portnoy and that, and he can do stuff with other bands and, and different things. And, you know, he's able to move on. McLean went back to Sacred Reich. You know, there's, it, I don't, I, I don't understand why after all these years, if you had that set up, why, why fuck with it? You know, and especially that they were a band that was lucky enough 
with the blackening to get a second chance at everything. Yeah. There yeah. aren't a lot of Great bands. Point. There aren't a lot of bands that can pull out of that nosedive, and they were able to, you know, pull that one out and arguably be bigger than they were before. Because I'd seen them at plenty of festivals, not headlining, but being that. Mm-hmm. direct band before the headliner i'd seen mm-hmm. them at like three or four festivals the last time i saw them they got booed off stage but that's a <laughs> different story but that mm-hmm. has more to do with the fact that they did it sh- they did the show and they didn't even play davidian oh <laughs> well there's, uh, another, but, there's yeah. another cause and effect band right <laughs> well but th- that was during flynn's time when he was super Super woke guy and was like he he didn't want to do anything that referenced a gun or something, right? Well, no, this was uh, Metallica was doing the twenty fifth anniversary of the Black Album, I believe, or the twentieth, right. and right. they were this at this point they were like the thir- second or third band before before they came on, and a lot of people while the show was going on, they're like they're off, you know, they're kind of like just going through the motions here and like the set list was kind of like i think they pulled the majority of the set list was from locust if i wasn't if i'm not mistaken so they were probably touring that album um and they they closed with halo and a lot of people were like what the fuck you know cool song but you know their staple is the video so yeah Mm -hmm. yeah not even play that song that's that's pretty if i'm you know i mean if you're a Machine Head fan, you go to see them play, and they don't play Davidian. I mean, you won't go see them again, pretty much. You yeah. know what I mean? And, and and once again, and and that's unfortunately, it's that's that's ego p- p- and getting involved with politics. You know, once you once you start doing that, you you're just you, you start dividing, and that's what mm-hmm. you know. Unfortunately, that's what Rob Flynn did. You know, uh, it's just you know he he. I mean, look what he did with you know he did the same thing. We put out an 11 minute video on on about you know Phil and Selmo. Uh, when he did his day, you know, with that whole uh, thing at the the dime uh, bash, dime bag bash. Yeah. I mean, once you start getting to into the weeds like that, then you, you and that's probably, I'm sure, a big reason why Demo and McLean, you know, probably left too, is just because you know, the, it, it, once you open up those can of worms, you can't just put those back in and, and pretend everything's, you know, all you know, hunky dory again. So I mean, right. yeah, it's it's unfortunate, you know, for uh, and, you know, and I just that was the last concert I saw actually was Machine Head up here in, in Oakland. Uh, yeah, when he, when he did the, you know, the, um, you know, uh, Burn My Eyes uh, show. And I got to say, it, it, it was a great show. He didn't get, he didn't, wasn't on the soapbox. He didn't really get political. He was, he was actually, you know, talking about, you know, everyone coming together, that kind of thing. And it was a great show. Don't get me wrong. He paid three hours, three and a half hours straight. I mean, he, 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 it was a great, I mean, it was a hometown show too. So he was really pumped up, you know, obviously in his hometown in Oakland. But, um, but you know, the only reason why I went was I had a couple of you know buddies that wanted to go, and I was like, I did want to see you know burn my eyes, but I still wouldn't go see them again. I just saw it because it was just, you know they played the whole album. I love that album, um, and I did go. But um, yeah, it's um, you know he's he'll definitely pay for it, I believe. You know because they're just not the same band even musically. Yeah, I mean right. demo demos are a big reason why they became good again was right. he got him back on you know in boards on board. So uh, yeah, it's mm-hmm. you know. Once again, you get into politics, then you know. Good luck with whatever you're gonna. What happens afterwards? Because you're gonna fuck your whole fan base up that way. You know. Yep. Right. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I don't get with that tour is why the six man tour. You, you're telling me they couldn't take a little extra time to get, you know, Chris Contos and um, 
uh, Logan Mater up to speed with some of the other songs? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he could have. I, the thing is, I just don't think they're really. They, he just, I think, got him back just for that tour. I don't think he wants him back as full time members, you know, um, and probably vice versa. I'm assuming. Um, you know, it's 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 his band. It's really becoming yeah, yeah, his solo band. It's a solo band, yeah. pretty much. It really is, you know. And well, that's uh, what Catharsis was, you know. And that's what it started the whole thing. So yeah. Logan said that to me flat out when I interviewed him years ago. He said, had I still been in the band and Phil said, put on the Adidas jumpsuit, he said, I would have had to have done it. <laughs> yeah. He ran the show. Yeah. So, yeah. in any event, I want to thank you guys for for being here and um, for telling us all about what you guys have in store. July 1st is the date is that when is. you said everything goes live. Yes, sir. People can get the app now in the app store. They can go to Roku. They can go to the Fire Stick. Mm-hmm. Um, my miss. Oh, Apple TV as well. Not Apple TV yet. Apple TV okay. is pending, but the the Roku is live, and so is um, Amazon. Just look up CMS Podcast Network. Okay. And as far as um, Anything else that you guys have going on outside of this in the next few weeks? Any interesting people that you guys are going to be hooking up with to talk to? Uh, yeah, tomorrow with you and uh, Mark Striegel. <laughs> I, <said, laughs> I, I said interesting people. Uh, you know, you're, <laughs> you're, you're pushing it there. <laughs> what, what do we have coming up, Matt? Uh, Dino. Well, yeah, we got, we're talking to Dino for Fear Factory next week. Okay. Um, we, He's going to be awake for that? Uh Hopefully. <laughs> have, have, have I told you my Dino story? No. You haven't? No. Did he, okay. Did he leave you hanging? Three times. Wow. Because because I didn't wake him up from his nap. Oh, my God. <laughs> Literally, the oh label said, said, did you leave him a message? Yes. Well, Dino likes to take an afternoon nap. You have to keep calling and wake him up. And I said to the PR wow. person, I said, I said, look, I said, my time is just as valuable as Dino's. If after three attempts, I'm not getting through to him, I'm not going to spend an hour calling him. Yeah. You know, and I never ended up getting to talk to him. I ended up chatting with him on the phone and and I got, you know, practically every excuse outside of, you know, I got to wash my hair and do my nails from him. So I never, I never ended up, uh, you know, interviewing him. There, there have wow. been a few quirky ones like that over the years. So, sure. <laughs> no, I, I, I just pulled it up real quick. Our interviews next week. There's tons of them that are already scheduled, but we have a busy week next week. We have, um, we have Puya, the '90s, '90s and 2000s. Yeah, they're great from Puerto Rico. Yeah, 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 they're awesome. And we have Void Vaders coming back for a second time on on the show. Yeah, interviewed two of them recently. Mm-hmm. Gilby Clark. Cool. Yeah. Justin Rose's guy. Lee Aaron, the metal queen. Awesome. Yeah. Um, Dino, of course. And then yeah. uh, Tommy Clufetos of, um, of awesome, you know, man. Black Sabbath, yeah. Bane, and Ozzy. And, you know, now he has his own band. And, yeah. You know, so it's a lot of good stuff coming. Lots of good stuff. You know, we, it's amazing. Matt and I, we, we, I think this month we actually hit our one year of doing mm-hmm. after sex. And what's our number, Matt? What are we at? About 180? Oh, wow. We're, we're, it's it's ridiculous. Crazy. It's freaking crazy. We've, <laughs> we've literally done like 180 interviews in, in 12 calendar months. 
Wow. Yeah. For, for aftershocks. It's been, I don't think Matt knew what he was, what he was getting into when he asked me. <laughs> <to be involved. laughs> well, Chris doesn't sleep and I'm not either anymore. So, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. But it's a lot of fun, and, and is, yeah. you know, and again, Victor, can't thank you enough for giving us this much time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But, you know, for, for everybody that wants to, you know, that is Metalhead, and if you want to hear cool interviews, please, you know, get the app or go to cmspn.com, and um, if you want the music, it's all, it's all there. No matter what you want, if you're a Metalhead, it's there, whether it's the music, whether it's the videos, whether it's the interviews everything you could possibly want with metal is in this one spot. So check it out. And if you hate it, then uninstall it from your fucking phone, I guess, but <laughs> it's that easy. <laughs> you know, but anyway, whatever happened to just changing the dial when you don't like something. I know. Well, right. That, <laughs> yeah. isn't, that the, isn't that the new changing of a dial is you just push and hold until it starts shaking. And you delete it? <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> I guess so. Right. <laughs> Awesome. Uh, yeah. Awesome. No, no problem having you guys on this long. It's a pleasure to talk to both of you and we got to do this again and just shoot Definitely. the shit about some more music and about, you know, everything you guys have going on. Definitely. Very cool, man. Well, yeah, appreciate you. it, Victor. Really do, man. And uh, yeah, I'll see you tomorrow. Awesome. Yeah. All right. All right. Thank Take you care, guys. Thanks, see you man. Bye-bye. Awesome. Hope you guys enjoyed that interview with both Matt and Chris from the CMSPN. Awesome. Um, Chris is definitely someone that uh, I, I said this to him off air because he does a lot of web stuff, something that I'm starting to get into um, with me recently launching my business. And I've, you know, asked him about ideas along the way and, and different things. So he's been a great help. So anytime that I can help, you know, promote their stuff, I'm more than happy to do so. Uh, they have a diehard following, um, CMS always has, and I'm just grateful to be able to interview them and grateful to have you guys on here tonight on a Friday. Uh, just want to check back in and say hello to Brad. I didn't get to say anything to you, Rob. Um, I know that Jeremy was on here earlier. Don't know if he's still around. Um, Jose was here as well. Um, thanks to anyone who's watching this live, anyone that is going to watch the replay or listen to the podcast edition. Just remember that you can go to MarsAttacksRadio.com to check out everything that I'm doing uh, with regards to Mars Attacks. There you can sign up for my newsletter, and then you'll see you know, information regarding uh, the various shows where I appear during the week, I also post about what I'm doing on Patreon, everything from uh, just different polls, questions, videos, like I mentioned um, during the episode, and do the uh, album of the week where I do an unboxing and just chat about an album of the week. I pull stuff out of, uh, out of my collection and just show you some cool stuff. Sometimes it's more than one thing at the same time. Sometimes it's a vinyl. Uh, sometimes it's a cassette and this upcoming week, I guess by the time the replay happens, my patrons will have seen an album of the week, which will be a CD, but it is a special CD that, uh, you wouldn't normally see if you, if you're a fan of it's, it's a quintessential 
album, but it's a little different. So uh, I hope you guys enjoy the story that I tell regarding that. And uh, yeah, I invite you guys to check out what I'm doing on Patreon. Again, two bucks a month. Um, two bucks up to 25 bucks, depending on what, if you want merch, if you um, want different content that isn't available at the uh, at the lower amount. So there you go. Um, that's pretty much all I got to pimp. Um, again, thanks to Chris and Matt for coming on. Check out their stuff, uh, cmspn.com, or just look up Classic Metal Show Podcast Network and, on Google, and you'll find it. Um, and uh, let's hear everyone is kind of chiming in saying that they're still here. Uh, oh, wow. Brad is dealing with snake bites. And we're not talking about the uh, uh, motorhead. He's the real deal. He is the doctor of poison. So thank Brad for everything that he does, especially if you're out in Utah and you're ever in a jam. Brad may just save your life. So there you are. Awesome, guys. Thank you so much for checking the episode out. And we'll see you next week, 6 p.m. Eastern, uh, 3 p.m. Pacific. Um, I'm reading stuff in the chat while I'm trying to blurt this out. I apologize. 11 p.m. in the UK and 12 midnight Friday going into Saturday for those in Europe. Um, that is it. Thank you. And we will see you next time right here on the Signals from Mars live stream brought to you by the Mars Attacks podcast. Thank you for listening to the Mars Attacks podcast. This concludes our show. 